Welcome to the Gardening Canada podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm a soil scientist that graduated from the University of Saskatchewan. I learned my passion from my grandmother gardening at a young age, which soon turned into a teenager obsessed with exotic houseplants and now has transformed into my full-time job. On this podcast, I like to give the tools of science to those of us who didn't have the privilege of going to a university. I like to debunk the myths of gardening and plant care while combining tips and tricks using science. If you love the sound of that, be sure to stay tuned for today's episode, which is sure to be exciting. Hello, hello, all you plant people. Welcome to today's episode, and we are talking about leaf shine. Yes, leaf shine. From the stuff you buy in the store to the homemade mayo trick, we are getting into all of it. So, leaf shine is basically in any department store you can find, and I think any new plant person has tried it out. And maybe even some aged plant people are wondering whether or not it's worth it. Now, I'm not gonna lie, doing the research for this was difficult. Not only are the ingredients not really listed on the package, just the results and the data are lacking altogether. That means we're gonna have to go off our gut feeling. And I have a few tests you can try with some leaf shine you may have at home to see whether or not it's going to affect your plant in a negative or a positive fashion. One of the key things that everyone asks when it comes to leaf shine is whether or not it actually causes blockages in the leaf. Now, when you look at leaf shine and a lot of the claims online, it says that it causes pores to block. Well, what does that mean? We need to break that down just a little bit. So when we talk about pores on leaves, we are most likely speaking to the stomata. The stomata are organs that are located on mostly the bottom of the leaves, while some can be on top. These stomata are guarded by something called guard cells. Guard cells almost kind of look like a muscle. The guard cells will open and close based on the singles sent to them. At night, it is most common for those guard cells to open, while during the day, they typically stay closed. The guard cells play a very important role in guarding the plant, in particular, guarding the amount of water that is lost through evapotranspiration. Evapotranspiration is just a very fancy way of saying evaporation from the plant itself and its surrounding soil systems. Guard cells can control how much water is lost through the stomata. That is why they typically stay closed during the day when evaporation is at its highest. This is due to both the sun and the heat of the daytime. However, at night, the guard cells will open, allowing those stomata to go ahead and do their job. This is where leaf shine and pore clogging comes in. The stomata open in order to take in CO2. CO2 is incredibly 
valuable to the plant because it is used in photosynthesis. Without the stomata being able to open up and breathe, we don't have the process of photosynthesis and therefore we run the risk of losing energy. When the stromata open up, there is some water loss that can take place. And this is simply because the opening of the stomata changes the pressures within the plant. However, the claim with leaf shine is that when leaf shine is applied to the leaf, when the stomata opens, it can be blocked by a waxy layer or filament from the leaf shine. Now, whether or not this is true will be investigated a little bit later here in the podcast. But what I can tell you is that the majority of stomata are located on the bottoms of leaves, meaning if you were to apply leaf shine or ultimately anything to a plant leaf on the surface, your plant leaf is likely going to be okay. Now, of course, there are some exceptions to that rule, but for the majority of plants, this would be the case. In order to analyze leaf shine properly, we have to look at the benefits of leaf shine itself. So the claims on the back of a lot of leaf shine bottles are relatively wide and broad, ranging from dust removal, dirt removal, lime deposit removal, helping increase respiration while decreasing evaporation. And with claims like that, you would want to add this to your regular plant routine. However, let's dive into this just a little bit farther. So of course, leaf shine is going to remove things like dust, dirt, and lime deposits. This can be done with clearly anything that is slightly wet in nature with a cloth. However, the claims of increasing respiration while decreasing evapotranspiration or evaporation, now that is a pretty broad claim. So knowing what we know about stomata and the process of respiration combined with the process of evaporation from a plant, we can see where the claims and the benefits of leaf shine go to the contrary of what the internet tells us this stuff does. So is it likely to increase respiration? Probably not, mostly because that leaf shine should never be applied to the bottom of the plant leaves where a majority of the stomata is located. However, if we were to take this leaf shine benefit at its face, well, that would mean that the top stomatas that are affected by the leaf shine are actually being cleansed in some way to help with the process of respiration. I'm not familiar with any products that can clean stomata in an effective way rather than clog them. So from my knowledge, I would say that that claim is kind of debunked. The second major claim they make is a decrease in evaporation. Now this I'm going to straight out come and say no to. Mostly because, again, the stomata on the bottom, the stomata that are on top, technically, if cleaned, are working more effectively, and therefore, increased evaporation is more likely because they are able to open and close to their full extent, allowing for a heavy amount of evaporation through the stomata. Now, keep in mind, decreasing evaporation 
can happen and is more likely to happen when the plant is covered in dust because the dust actually is going to act as a sunscreen. So I'm right off the bat going to say that benefit is likely debunked. So with the two big ones kind of wiped off the mat, the main purpose of leaf shine is to remove that dust and dirt. So one of the best ways to be able to see if leaf shine causes any issues would be under a microscope. That means you could spray a plant with leaf shine on one leaf and leave the other leaf bare while observing under a microscope what this does to the stomata itself. Unfortunately, I don't have access to equipment like that, so I can't tell you if that is the case. However, the next obvious thing to look at would be the actual ingredients within leaf shine. If the ingredients indicate anything that is clogging or anti-clogging for that matter, we would have a better idea of those last two claims. The ingredients list on the leaf shine packaging, as I explained before, is non-existent. It's not there. There is no ingredients in it. So we know it isn't water because when we spray it out, it has a bit of a scent to it and it has a slightly thicker consistency than that of water. So theoretically, what could be in it that would not harm a plant, but would act as a dusting agent. And I've come to the conclusion that it most likely contains water and a mild surfactant and or alcohol. Those two things or three things in combination are unlikely to cause any issues. However, there is also a possibility that these products could contain water, mild surfactants, alcohol, and or parabens or oils, which of course would call, cause clogging. The reason why I think there could be parabens or oils in a leaf shine is because if it gives it an unusually glistening or waxy look, it's likely to have some sort of smoothing agent, something similar to what we see in makeup. So this brings me to the next crazy internet hack when it comes to leaf shine. I think this was developed out of complete desperation for all the articles and YouTube videos and podcasts that came out saying not to use leaf shine. Obviously, shiny leaves are something that everyone wants, and so to achieve that, people were looking for a solution. And this is when we can insert the theory of mayo. Now, when I was googling up information on the mayo hack, the funniest articles I found and actually the top articles under that search query here on Google was how to remove a mayo leaf treatment because what ends up happening if you over apply mayo to your leaves you end up with a dust magnet. The oils in the mayo attract dust particles so while your plant looks pretty for the first day or two it doesn't air off it doesn't dissolve like an alcohol would or evaporate like an alcohol would instead it stays on the leaves permanently because it is an oil it is hydrophobic and therefore it attracts dust so let's break down the mayo theory just a little bit 
When we look at mayo as a leaf shine, it's important to remember that you're using a very organic material. And this means it is putting an organic layer on the surface of your leaf. This is the perfect place for not only dust, but pests to accumulate. If you chose to use mayo as a leaf shine, you would want to do so in a very, very thin and limited manner. That would make me just suggest using water or alcohol diluted with water as a leaf shine above and beyond the mayo. The reason why the mayo article uh, took off initially was because it was a Reader's Digest article saying to do this. And so that is where it kind of all originated from. I tried finding the original Reader's Digest article. I couldn't find it. They must have taken it down because there's probably a lot of upset people. But when it comes to putting organic anything on your plant, uh, especially when it comes to oils or fats, you want to try to avoid this as much as possible, whether it be in the soil or on the actual plant itself. The next homemade hack when it comes to leaf shine or just any sort of leaf treatment is using Dawn dish soap and water. Now I could do a whole podcast on its own about Dawn dish soap or any dish soap for that matter and plants. Don't do it. I know it's a very common way of fighting pests and does it fight pests? Yes, it works. However, you are drastically decreasing the immunity of your plant when you use a detergent. Yes, a detergent. Dawn dish soap or dish soap in general should not be labeled as soap. It is a detergent. It is a chemically altered product, meaning when it comes in contact with organic surfaces, it is very good at stripping them. That means if you use a soap wash, a dish soap wash on your leaves as a leaf shine, you are removing all the natural defenses that that plant has. The better option that also acts as a pest control would be the use of a animal-based or an animal fat-based soap. So a bar of soap or a castile soap is what would be ideal when mixed with water. This will not decrease your plant's natural immunity and your plant will be much happier later on. Dawn dish soap has been known to cause a likely infection if there is any infestation of any sort it is much more subtle to actually chew on the leaves at this point once that outer coating is released by the dawn dish soap you chose to use so let's jump into how exactly you would test your leaf shine Um, at home, whether it be a homemade leaf shine or if it is a store-bought leaf shine to see if it really truly is bad for your plant. And I've broken this down into two steps with four different results. Each result um, having a different reason for why you may or may not want to use it on your plants. Now keep in mind, regardless of what method you have or regardless of what your results yield, do not spray these on the bottom of your leaves. You also want to make sure that you do not use leaf shine or any products on monocots, ferns, and fuzzy plants. So 
monocots first off they have stomata located on both sides of their leaves and a monocot is defined by anything that has vertical veins so grasses dracaenas snake plants are all considered monocots you want to avoid this because you can't aim your product for the area with the least amount of stomata the second one being ferns and this is because of the reproductive nature of ferns it's all done through spores that are located on the leaves and because the leaves are so susceptible to inputs and outputs from its environment you want to avoid even just using pesticides or anything on a fern when possible if you're looking for ways to control pests on a fern be sure to check out the podcast or the youtube video or the blog post about using beneficial mites and nematodes this is going to be your solution for these sensitive plants your third option for a plant that you should not use a leaf shine or any product on is the fuzzy plants so african violets that's probably the most common example those little hairs are called trichomes and those trichomes serve a purpose for that plant so they help with sunscreen pest control you name it they are incredibly beneficial to the plant and you don't want to cause a matting or disturbance in those leaves when possible that is why you should never use any sort of spray with them either and you should lean more towards a biological control such as the mites or the nematodes i was speaking about before but i digress let's go into how to test your leaf shine to see if it's bad the first step in this entire process is very simple all you're going to do is spray some of the leaf shine or the product onto the back of your hand then you're going to sit there and allow it to dry or attempt to dry for some maybe not all will dry your first scenario is that this liquid or that product feels dry and normal so your hand feels the same way it did before this would be most likely water and alcohol that means it is completely safe this is the equivalent to you doing a water hydrogen peroxide mix or a water rubbing alcohol mix or a water vinegar mix this will not harm your plants so long as you follow the directions and do not over apply i would say once a month max when it comes to using a product of this nature the other likelihood is that it's just water if it it feels dry and your hand feels normal after so those that's an awesome result that's ideal the second example that you may come into is it forms a tight feeling and has a dull appearance so if your skin kind of feels tight if you were to make a fist after it has dried and it has a dull matted appearance on the top of your hand or maybe it doesn't maybe you just have that tight feeling it's likely water and a surfactant so a surfactant would be a dish soap or a detergent now it's going to be impossible to know what's in there unless if you did it keep that in mind now if you put it together and you know that a bar of soap or a castile soap was used then of course go ahead and use that product 
if you put it together and you know it has Dawn dish soap in it, then you may want to reconsider based on the topic that we just had. If you want more information on that, again, I have a whole YouTube video going into more depth. Now, if it is a leaf product off the shelf, you have no way of knowing what surfactant is in there. You can use it, most likely, without harming your plant. However, try to avoid your more expensive, precious plants for a just-in-case backup plan. So, that is your second uh, result that you may see after spraying the product onto the back of your hand. The third step would be, or the third reaction you would have, is a tacky but shiny appearance, appearance, almost looking like water. And this would indicate some sort of paraben. So that's what's going to cause that shiny matted effect. And if it has this tacky, shiny appearance, and it is a paraben, you want to steer away from it regardless of the plant you're using. This will make your job harder. Over time, you will end up with more and more dust accumulating on the plant, or you will end up with clogged stomata. So this is one you wanna stay away from. The last option or the last test you can do and probably the worst result you could get would be a shiny or oily appearance that is not drying. This is likely a water with an oil and a surfactant. So the only way for them to get that oil to mix into solution is with some form of a surfactant or a binding agent. And that is likely what is in the product. This would be what you would see with mayo, for example, um, or something that has like an olive oil or something of that nature in there. This you most definitely want to steer away from because this not only is going to attract more pests and more dust, but is most definitely going to clog your stomata. So keep that in mind. Your first option being water and alcohol is your best option. Your second best option is the water and some sort of a surfactant, but the last two with parabens, oils, and surfactants is less than ideal. So try that test out. If you want a written version of that test and a how-to, check out the gardeningincanada.net website slash issues with leaf shine slash and that will give you more details on that process so there you have it the complete guide to leaf shine in the house now with what you've learned today do you think that you will be using leaf shine in your house plants you have to let me know in the comments down below i hope you learned a thing or two in today's podcast if you did be sure to give it a rating on whatever platform you are watching from. It'd be greatly appreciated. It's a new podcast, so we are still learning lots of stuff and how to actually do these podcasts, which can be enough unto itself. Um, if you're new here, you may not know that there is also a YouTube channel where you get to see my wonderful face and uh, some examples of what we do in science applied to both the garden 
and to houseplants themselves. There's also the blog gardeningincanada.net. You can check that out for some free resources. There's a houseplant planner on Amazon. There's a garden planner on Amazon. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. You can find us there. You just type gardening in Canada in and we will pop right up. Actually, I'm pretty confident if you type uh, gardening in Canada in Google search, well, it's like one of the first updates there. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening in today. I hope wherever I found you, whether that be the commute to or from work, or maybe you're driving the kids to the soccer game, whatever the case is, thank you for lending me your time and your ear. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.